from the Rookery End. This uh, is a special podcast we're going to be doing. Watford have played Leicester this weekend. Uh, we'll, we'll be talking about that in our next podcast uh, when we are off to Stamford Bridge where we'll talk about the Leicester game, the Everton game and the Chelsea game. That podcast we're going to call the Blue Podcast because only teams that wear blue. Uh, because we'll be feeling blue. We'll have taken nine points evidently from those, <laughs> clearly. Yep. We decided when we got to 40 points this year we were going to do a special podcast yep. uh, and try and get uh, speak to, to two people in particular, get their views. Why do we want to speak to them? Because I think it's important that we make no bones about the fact we make no pretense that we're supporters and we pass on our point of view throughout the season and, and thank you to everyone for downloading and feeding back. We've had a lot of, uh, lot of feedback, so thanks for that. But we thought it was important to see where we go next, what happens. I mean, it feels like we're safe this year. Where does Watford go? There's lots of sort of different opinion feelings swirling around out there. Where do Watford go next? Who better to do ask than two Watford supporters who are also journalists, national journalists, who can look at Watford not only with their supporter hat on, but also with a more analytical, perhaps cold-hearted view. And they've been around football so much, they watch so much football, they spend all their time around sportsmen and and football people. So who better to ask um, about what this football club can achieve and how long it would take, what would be uh, an appropriate next step for us to expect as supporters, what we should be aiming for as Watford Football Club in the the near, medium and and long term. These two men were Simon Burnton from The Guardian, who you hear from later on, but we started off first interview we did a couple of weeks ago now with Mike Walters, who is journalist for the national newspaper The Mirror, you may have heard of it. Uh, We met him in a pub uh, to start talking about how he thought this season had gone. A podcast made by Watford fans for Watford fans from the rookery end. We're at the end of the second Premier League season, for this spell anyway. Did the second season sort of live up to what you wanted it to be? That's a very good question. It's not easy to answer simply because by nature it was a very, it's been a very stop-start season, a very staccato. Lots of injuries have disrupted Mazzari. You've never really got the feel for how he wants to play, what formation he wants to play, what shape he wants to play, because he's lost key players. I mean, you got Pereira from it's a sign of the times, how far Watford have come. They've been shopping for players this season at Juventus and AC Milan. <laughs> and you can remember the last season before the Pozzo era, Sean Dyche was cobbling together players, you know, cast-offs from... Burnley and Colchester I think wasn't he so that's a measure of how far Watford have come has this season been everything we hoped for yes it has for one simple reason they're staying up let's let's remember that it's no mean feat to stay in the Premier League some very big clubs very big clubs went down last year Newcastle and Aston Villa with respect to Watford much bigger clubs than Watford will ever be this season looks like Sunderland we've been getting 40,000 every week looks like they're going Swansea who in many respects probably set the template for clubs like Watford and Burnley coming up from the championship sadly I fear Swansea may may be on the way out I hope not because they're a good club um, so staying in the championship is sorry staying in the Premier League is sorry, staying in the Premier League is no mean feat and as we speak now Watford are 10th in the Premier League 40 points with six games to go. If you'd offered any what any self-respecting, knowledgeable, sensible Watford fan that last August, when the fixtures had come out and we'd seen we'd got Chelsea and Arsenal and Man United in the first, and we thought, crikey, we're going to have null point after five games here, we'd have bitten your arm off every time for 40 points with six games to go, no question. So you're satisfied now, which is good. Let's make a date to meet now in a, in a year's time. <laughs> What would it take to happen next year for you to be equally happy next time we meet? Same again with a little more a little more longevity in the cup runs, shall we say? 
I think uh, Watford, under Graham Taylor in the, in the 80s, sort of the great thing about that era was that Watford, whatever they did in the league, were almost invariably going on cup runs. I think I, I wrote in a programme earlier on this season that in the 80s, only about four or five clubs in the 1980s had a better cup record in knockout football than Watford. Um, and it'd be nice if they actually flex their muscles in the cup competitions again instead of going out to Gillingham or Bradford or you know, with no disrespect to those clubs in the, in the early rounds of the League Cup so I think same again in the league possibly with a little less looking over our shoulders like, like we were in um, sort of late January after the FA Cup defeat at Millwall but uh, taking the cups a bit more seriously and if you go a long way in the cups it can breed confidence and sort of infuse the league performances with confidence and that might take you a bit further up the up the league table as a result. I saw a great phrase someone used the other day, they called it Premier League purgatory, which I think is like, like West Brom and Stoke are, they're sort of in stasis if you like, they just exist in the Premier League and already, bizarrely, I think there's some Watford supporters who are starting to, to feel that, you know, like you said, nothing in the cup, perhaps the style of play hasn't been great and, and you mentioned injuries earlier, perhaps that's, we've had a bit of a rough run for whatever reason this year. Is a cup run enough to avoid sort of Watford fans falling into that sort of state of, oh, I'd rather be in the Premier League, uh, in the Championship winning games and going for promotion? Or how do we avoid that Premier League purgatory? Above all else, and I speak as a fan here more than as a Daily Mirror journalist, above all else, the one thing that Watford fans must not do is become consumed by what I call an overbearing sense of entitlement. That means oh, we're a Premier League club now, so that's, that means we've got to aim for Europe. Well, we must be in the Champions League within five years. Sorry, but the days of, you know, Graham Taylor and Elton John taking Watford from the fourth division to the first and Europe and all the rest of it, that was 30 years ago. It was great fun. It was a brilliant era. But when other clubs are coming in with, you know, massive Chinese money or a Siberian oil baron here or a, an Arabian oil baron there, I'm sorry, we, we, let's get real. Watford's Premier League survival is an achievement in its own right. So let's not have this sort of sense of entitlement where it's a failure if Watford are not knocking on the door of Europe in, in 12 months' time. If they're in the, sort of between anywhere between 8th and 14th again next year as a league position, that's fine by me. And you use the phrase Premier League purgatory. Well, if purgatory is going 2-0 down at West Ham and winning 4-2... If purgatory is beating Manchester United for the first time in 30 years, if purgatory is beating Everton for the first time in 29 years, if purgatory is beating the reigning champions, in this case Leicester, for 29 years, uh, if purgatory is beating West Brom at home for the first time in 22 years, that one slipped, un slipped under the radar a couple of weeks ago, bring on more purgatory, that's all I can say. <laughs> but there is a sort of, you know, do you not, though, as a, as a, as a Watford fan, not want to have... I don't know, like the, the, the life in the championship had a certain level of um, possibility and actually the, the purgatory place, it almost feels like there's no possibility. There's some lovely games um, mixed in there, but as life, as a, a football fan life, do you, surely you, don't we want to have a little bit more possibility? Of course we do. And look, uh, but as a football fan, all I've ever asked and all any football fan or player or manager or chairman or director should ever ask is that when we reach this time of year, when we reach Easter and sort of second half of April, is that you have something to look forward to. Now that could mean promotion from the championship, yeah great, wasn't it? It means 
two years ago, almost to the day that Watford won at Brighton, and later on that night we were all having a sing-song outside the Columbia Press on the High Street, and what a, what a good night that was, with the players, and I hasten to add. Um, but yeah, whether it be a promotion, a cup run, a great escape from relegation, you know, a lot of Watford fans look back wistfully on that day at Oxford about 25 years ago where Paul Wilkinson scored the winner which kept Watford up with a game to spare and, and there were traffic jams on the M40 all the way home and nobody cared, everybody was just getting out of their cars and dancing around in the middle lane of the M40, weren't they? That's, that, all I ask as a fan is that at, this, at the back end of the season you have something to look forward to. And if that means beating Swansea with a not terribly impressive performance but quintessentially massive result, I'll buy you know, to, to guarantee, effectively guarantee Premier League survival, I'll buy that. We have to remember where we were as a club six, seven years ago when Malky Mackay was sort of involved in a late night vigil with club staff trying to waiting to find out if the club had gone into administration. And let's make, let's make no bones about it. If Watford had gone into administration six, seven years ago, when they came within, I think, seconds or minutes of doing so, then our local derbies next season would not be against Arsenal and Tottenham. They'd be against Wickham and the club in South Bedfordshire. You, as, as a journalist, you get, you're in and around the, the football club a little bit and, and you've spoken to, to key individuals there. You talk about, you talk about that, that former regime. We've now, got, we've now got the Pottos and Scott Duxbury, who we've all seen are very capable, very forward-thinking, um, very ambitious. If you had to say where you see the Gino Pozzo taking the club to, what would be if he had to put his finger on the pinnacle? Because there was a clip uh, doing the rounds on Twitter of, of Alan Shearer on, on Match of the Day at the weekend saying, what for the 10th, they're having a great season, they can't do much better than that. Which, on one hand, I agree with, but on the other hand, it sounds a bit final. They can't do much better than that. And I did wonder how the, how the guys at the club would feel about that. What do you think Gino thinks is possible and how are we going to do it and how long would it take? Um, Watford's sister club in Italy is Udinese. It's only a few years ago that Udinese finished, was it fourth in Serie A? And were playing against Arsenal in a Champions League qualifier where a certain Alman Abdi, I think, was playing for Udinese, wasn't he, on that night? Um, and I was at the game and I covered the game and uh, Udinese played pretty well, by the way. I mean, I think Abdi played pretty well, if memory serves me correctly. So that's the target. I'm not saying Watford should be aspiring to get in the Champions League. Be nice, because Leicester have shown that if you give it a go and ride your luck in Europe, you can go an awful long way. I would think if Chino Pozzo can take Watford into Europe, whether that be the Europa League or the Champions League, in say, let's not get greedy, five, ten years' time, that's, that represents a pretty good project, doesn't it? If there were, project seems to be a watchword, doesn't it, among owners these days? But um, I just think that more than anything, when I go to Vicarage Road now, and more often not, it's in the press box rather than as a fan having a squawk behind the goal or anywhere I can get a ticket, I look round and think, wow, for the first time in my lifetime, we've got a, a smart, four-sided ground. Do you remember in the, in the Graham Taylor era, first time round, where GT refused to actually have proper dugouts on the touchline because he said, well, we've got 12,000 fans in the Vicarage Road and getting wet every week, and until we've got a roof over their head, I'm going to get wet with them. We've got a smart four-sided ground now. That's something to be proud of. We've got a team or a club that goes shopping for players at AC Milan and Juventus. That's not a bad thing, is it? I mean, that's, that's, that's a pretty good sign, isn't it, for the health of the club? We've got... Yes, the turnover of managers has made Watford a, a target for cheap jokes and cheap shots from 
shall we say, the uneducated and the uninitiated who don't always understand the reasons for the change. But look where they've come from. Look where, they've come, where, look where Watford were when Gino Pozzo came in in the summer of 2012 and look where they are now. I think you have to base ambition on recent history and recent history from five years ago is that Watford were a mid-table championship club and Sean Dyche, by the way, did an incredibly good job to take Watford to 11th in that season with that team, no disrespect to that team. So if, if in five years Watford have gone from 11th in the championship to, let's say we finish 12th or 13th again this season, is that such a bad thing? I don't think so. I'm more interested in the journey we'll go on, maybe not directly there in, in the next 12 months or in the next five years even, but... You, can you see sort of the way that you know looking looking at you say Udinese and what the Potters did there can you sort of see Watford as a as a squad as a set of players changing quite dramatically because the Potters are known for not necessarily as we used to do buying and sell them on really quickly but there's a certain sort of the Potso way talk about finding shining and then selling on the diamonds that 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 could be, we, we haven't seen that really in the Premier League as, as much as I thought we were is, is that likely to be a thing that's going to happen next well I don't think all political on you but one one word may govern all that and the word is Brexit if Brexit is played out to the nth degree then we might be stopping Eurostars at Folkestone and going north the trains might stop at Berwick-upon-Tweed unless we're careful so so in terms of the turnover of players I think we we may be a hostage to to politics should we say over the next few years I think until or unless that happens the turnover will continue I think there will be a higher accent a greater accent on British talent should we say because I think the one thing that Watford have lacked this season in those times where we've been looking over our shoulders a bit after the Millwall Cup tie maybe after uh, the Tottenham game on New Year's Day as well in particular is that where's the core of British players who are going to rally the dressing room and form that sort of that body, that small but perfectly formed body of men who are actually going to lead the way out, lead, so, you know, show us the way into the light, if you like. Deeney's you know, almost carried that burden solo for much of the season. Cleverly was a very good signing, not just because he can play, not just because he was a player of the season at Watford in, what, 2010, but because he's also British. And... Deeney made a point of saying after his first couple of games against uh, Middlesbrough and uh, was it Arsenal, I think, in the league, um, that cleverly set the tempo in those games with a ferocious work rate. And it was, without going Little Englander on you, those good old-fashioned virtues of British sweat and toil have served Watford well in the second half of the season. You watch games more with an analytical mind and more than a fan, or at least you try to. See a, a grin playing across your lips there, Mike. So you're in the transfer meetings. You're going to guide Scott, Gino and, uh, and Walter, should he be there at the, uh, at the start of the season. Where do we need to strengthen? Where, who are we going to bring over the, in over the summer to make sure we achieve again next year? To make sure Watford stay in and around the top ten next season, I think they will need to... Uh, invest in fairly serious upgrades probably throughout the spine of the team uh, Jorelio Gomez has been a fantastic signing for Watford the value he's given over three years has been immense number of points he won in the promotion season number of points he won in finishing 13th last season was fantastic but he's not getting any younger I'm not sure that Pantillimon as capable as he's been when he's been called upon is going to stick around for much longer as a, 
a seldom used understudy. So I think they need a new goalkeeper, a good goalkeeper, somebody who can genuinely challenge Gomez, perhaps even supersede him in the next 12 months. I think the central defence, Watford are not short of central defenders, although many of them seem to have been injured at one time or another this season. But Britos, Prodel, both excellent signings, both given us two years, very good service. Not getting any younger, so we need to strengthen central defence as well. Barami's 32, there's been whispers about him going back to Switzerland. I wouldn't be surprised if that's happened. Barami's been, I think Barami's been very good this season when he's been available. He's often turned out on one leg, by the way, because I think he's been patched up to play when not fully fit. And I think he's done himself proud in, in certain games in those circumstances. But we need a replacement for Barami. I think Ducouré's been excellent since he's come into the side. He's not the same type of player, though. Ducouré's a passer of the ball. Barami sort of snaps at your heels a bit, doesn't he? Sort of um, doesn't, doesn't give you too much time, doesn't give you too much time or space to think about it. So we need a replacement for Barami. And we need, above all, pace up front. Um, Niang has brought us pace and power, usually from wide positions. So has success on the rare occasions we've actually sort of been able to watch him let off the leash. We need a, a foil for Troy Deeney who has pace. Pace like Vidra, going a bit further back. Pace like yeah, Luther Blissett, for example. But somebody who can play off a target man, who can take advantage of the, the flick-ons and the cushioned headers that Deeney often provides and which often go unappreciated. To sum up, serious upgrades along the spine of the team. Mike, we're not going to let you go without asking about... I'm not going to call him the elephant in the room because he might be listening, but uh, Volta Mazzari, how do you feel about his performance this season? You've already mentioned that he's been hamstrung by injuries. Do you think he's earned another year? Do you think he'll start next season with Watford Football Club? Very simple. Look at the league table. As we speak, Watford are 10th in the Premier League and are safe with six games to go. What more do you want? And what more could you rightfully expect when he suffered major injuries to key players, you know, playmakers like Zarati and, and Pereira, the two players who could unlock defences and pick a pass, just thread a pass that make the difference. In the back five or back four, depending on what shape he's played this season, has been this revolving door, nearly always governed by injuries, not just selection whims. He's had to make do without Barami for a long time, without Amrabat for a long time, without success for large chunks of the season, without Cathcart for large chunks of the season. I don't care who you are, Alex Ferguson probably couldn't have put more points on the board for what for this season dealt that hand. If fans want to complain about the nature of the football at times, I would agree it's been a tough watch for a lot of this season. Hey, we've got short memories. I think the second half of last season, especially at home, was a very tough watch. You know, being pinned back at home to Bournemouth, you know, making very heavy weather of it at home to Stoke, making very heavy weather of it at home to Leeds in the FA Cup. The second half of last season was a very tough watch, as it has been at times this year. But those games I listed earlier, West Ham away, Man United at home, Everton at home, Leicester at home, West Brom at home. What a good performance that was, by the way, especially with only 10 men for 35 minutes. There have been times when this season has been illuminated by bright flickers of promise, but it's never burst into flame. And personally, I don't blame Mazzari for that. Would I have him in charge at the start of next season? Yes, I would. But of course, he knows that if Watford are dicing with danger come October, November, 
he, he won't be surprised if Gino Pozzo makes another change. Mike said there, I think we've said, but we've also said the exact opposite. And I think that's, that's a good thing, hearing from him saying what it was about, you know, almost like the where we are and we need to look back of where we've come from and be happy with where we are in, in many ways. Um, and maybe we shouldn't be thinking too far ahead. It was sort of quite refreshing to hear his straightforward point of view. Yeah, I think it was very, very clearly through a Watford lens. He is a massive, massive Watford sport and has been so for a long time. But I think he gave us exactly what we wanted, which was that Watford view, view through a not cynical is the wrong 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 word, but without without those sort of Watford glasses on. He was very definite in what he was saying he was very clear um, about about what he was saying and that was quite refreshing for us because as you said John we've sort of flip-flopped a little bit we've we've been on board we had the Zola coaster and it's been the, the, the Mazzari equivalent really haven't it we've sort of almost changed our standpoint every every other week it feels like with whatever happened on the pitch and you know make no excuses for that it's it has felt like a tumultuous season but what we got there from Mike was he was very very clear about what represents success, but also what rep- what we have to do to get it. You know, he was quite clear that we needed a change in playing personnel, and he and he was clear where, where it needed to be. And he, yeah, he was just very frank, very straightforward, very honest, and yeah, really clear. He just cut through some of the the emotional stuff that perhaps we have when we're speaking before or after a game. Last week, uh, just for the uh, Liverpool game, uh, we uh, caught up with Simon Burnton outside uh, the Hornet shop. Uh, he's a Guardian football reporter and uh, you might have heard him on their podcast uh, if you're a podcast listener to many football podcasts uh, and we spoke to him uh, yeah, about, about the next steps for Watford in the coming years So we're delighted to be joined by Simon Burton of The Guardian Simon how are you? I'm very well We're talking to you before the Liverpool game we're near the end of the season we were just saying off mic there we think we're pretty much safe but if Watford FC this year were a make and model of car what would they be? I guess they would have to be something French, maybe a Citroen. You know, some Citroens work well, and other Citroens, you just, th- their consistency is not there. You never know as you drive out of the garage, have you got the Friday afternoon Citroen? <laughs> there are consistency issues, European owners and all that. But uh, overall, we're reasonably okay. We're a decent brand of car. All right. So, so we're happy with our Citroen. It, we fit enough in the back. It gets us from A to B. But where as Watford supporters, which garage do we want to be shopping at next year? See, the problem with being a supporter of a club in the Premier League that is not going to win it or achieve top four status is that the things that you're aiming for are really boring things to aim for. You know, woohoo, we're going to finish ninth. I really think we might finish ninth this year. It doesn't really sustain one's imagination. What garage are we going to shop at? I mean, we've got to be happy with our Citroens. We're like... We're used to having a total upgrade every year, a total overhaul, a new engine, a new make, a new car, a new, new spray paint job, the works. Maybe we've just got to drive this car for a few years. Like, it's OK. It's not a bad car. Let's, let's drive this car, see where it takes us. So you'd be happy with a few masterpiece performances, a Citroën Picasso, perhaps? Uh, I am happy if I'm being entertained. I think that over the course of a 38-game se- season, that involves avoiding relegation. But it also involves losing some games, win some games, lose some games, play football that's enjoyable. Uh, This season, we have done that sometimes. West Brom, I guess, is fresh in the memory. We have totally failed to do that other times. Uh, Stoke at home was a low point. 
uh, West Ham where we tried to sit on a 1-0 lead. I mean, that's the downside of... I don't know if it's genetic with the Italian managers, but there's a thing about sitting on 1-0 leads and getting punished for it, which uh, every time I see it repeated, and it happens again and again, is just... I mean, it makes you just want to beat your head against a wall. <laughs> but aren't we going to have to... I'm going to stop the analogy now. Uh, if we, you know, what can we expect? What should, no, let's go, what should we expect as Watford fans over the next few years? Should we start... You know, we talked about before the uh, Premier League purgatory. Should we be happy with living there and just being this mid-table team that we keep thinking, oh, Europe, we could do, but realistically it's, it's just not going to happen yeah. and how can we is that good enough as a Watford fan? Uh, as a Watford fan I would like to get in the championship playoffs now at the moment I'm in a position where seasons start with that already exceeded and that's okay I think I'm happiest when I'm aiming at the championship playoffs where in the Premier League it is a period in this club's existence and how we'll look back on it in 30 or 50 years time I mean that is for the future to sort out I'm living through a period that is abnormal to the history of Watford that I know, and I am content with that. But we're going to, do you see the, 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 the squad changing? You know, I think when we first came up to the Premier League, we got a lot of more experience, and our average age was much higher than I sort of thought it would be. But the way the Potsos are, we know how that model works. Are we going to see a, a do you think that they're going to start pushing a different agenda, do you think, in terms of our squads? I think if you look at our squad, given. A, where we are in the league and what is rational to aim for, I think you would probably be trying to replace most players in it, really. I think that in defence we are quite strong, but that we would be looking to replace midfielders, attackers and a goalkeeper. Which three would you get rid of first? My son asked me about this, and he asked me, who is the player you like most in this Watford squad? And I love Dean, I love, I love his character, but Kapu, when he entertains is the player I really like to watch and then he asked which player would you get rid of first and that's Kapu as well <laughs> yeah yeah with a, with, a, with a long term hat on again do you think the phrase the Pozzo family got Udinese into the Champions League is a bit of a millstone round Scott and, and Gino's neck to an extent uh, we look at Granada what's happened to Granada in the year since the Pozzo sold them that is you know that, that is perhaps a glimpse into Watford's future uh, they, within 10 months they've been relegated I don't think and maybe it's because I was brought up watching you know, when I first started to regularly come to Watford it was Rhoda, it was Perryman and I don't see victory as being that important because I was so starved of it quite a lot as a youngster I'm not aiming at Europe and I don't, like, if, we, if that were to happen to us I would be content with that but you know, if of the 19 home games that I will probably see next season, we win six of them in entertaining fashion. I'm happy. Simon, this isn't your first podcast. You're obviously on, on Football Weekly and with such luminaries as, as James and, and Barry and all those guys. And, and, and to, a, to a degree, what are the other guys in the, in the print room at, at The Guardian and so on and so forth, what do your colleagues in the media think about Watford and what, when you're talking off mic, off, off page about that perhaps Watford supporters not being happy with Matsari and their intent and whatever. What, what's their reaction? What's, what's their fellow media guy's reaction? So I guess t- there are two ways of looking at Watford. One is that the Premiership exists. The Premiership is largely a story about six teams. And beyond those six teams, there is a revolving cast of more or less irrelevant characters. 
and that Watford are one of those irrelevant characters that will sooner or later get bumped off and replaced. A bit like, it's a bit like Dynasty in that way. There's the core cast, and then there's the revolving cast. The dramatic things happen to them, and sooner or later they will leave the programme. And Watford is one of those. Uh, I think that there is admiration for the way the club has been run, but there is also quite a lot of ignorance. You know, a lot of people uh, think... You know, a lot of journalists do not sp- take the time to research what is actually going on. Even, like, we're not championship or League One level. Um, I mean, they pretty much ignore those. But even beyond the top eight or nine in the, in the Premier League, you know, maybe success is just if in a few years' time I talk to people about, to colleagues about Watford and they don't actually know what's happening, then that will be an indicator enough of our success in that period. Imagine we reconvene 12 months' time, we meet here. If we're in the same position six entertaining games in the bank you're going to be a happy chappy I would like to see progress I would like to see assuming Mazzari stays in post which is a it's not a very reliable assumption but it's the only one we can take at this point assuming Mazzari stays in post I would like to see uh, a side I would like to know the character of the side one of the issues with this season is that you turn up to every game not knowing what is going to be shown to you what it might be like. You know, Liverpool turn up and they know they don't know if they'll win or lose and they lose some games that they never should, but they know the character of the team. They have a personality and Watford have not established a personality under Mazzari. I'd like to know what that is and I would like to be happy with the personality of the team. So let's go back to the dynasty analogy. What is his character? Are they a good-looking, British, suave? What, what will his character sort of Watford be that you, you'll get to know over the next year? I think that the character at the moment has psychological issues that come into play that perhaps occasionally prone to romantic dalliances that may be short-lived uh, occasional random acts of violence I guess in <laughs> and so they do provide drama you talk about Jose Holobast <laughs> I might be talking about Holobast yeah although I mean his is just petulance but I suppose that dramatically that works as well so yeah acts of random petulance and occasional romantic uh, dalliances, I think, is perhaps where we're, where we're at. We're the Orns, you're the Orns. Come on, you Orns! Two very interesting interviews, Mike, and actually sort of make me... It was quite nice to speak to people who have that, have that sort of... We're looking at things a, a, a lot wider. I'm so used to looking on a weekly basis. Yeah, they cut through the fans' emotion, don't they? And I think that was great to hear. And it's and it lets you it puts a different perspective on things, and it allows it, it sort of frees you up a little bit to think. Well, actually, perhaps you know they mentioned both of the both of the guys mentioned needing new players, and it frees you up to think. Well, actually, perhaps some of our guys aren't good enough, and we do need wholesale changes and perhaps we're not as close as we as we like to think to to springing on and, and, and moving on to the next step so absolutely fascinating thanks to them both for for giving up their time i think it was a really valuable exercise hopefully everyone enjoyed it at home but certainly from my point of view as a supporter hearing fellow supporters talking so cold-bloodedly <laughs> about Watford from, you know, dispassionately, step back. Um, um, it was great. It was really, really fascinating. And, um, yeah, I think hopefully, yeah, you can do the same. You can sort of take a step back and there's more to this. There's more to, to being a Premier League football club than just turning up, beating whatever's in front of you and moving on to the next game. It's a very, very difficult, uh, very, very uh, competitive 
and it's, everything's on a knife edge and uh, so it's great to, great to get those guys point of view uh, thank you again uh, as Mike says to uh, Simon and to Mike we'll be back next week uh, where we're off to Stamford Bridge uh, and we'll be talking about the Everton and the Chelsea and the Leicester game thanks for uh, listening and uh, do make sure you subscribe via iTunes uh, or any devices that you have uh, and we'll be back next week for the penultimate from the rookie end of the season Thank you.